y'all. We're here at the end of season one in a new location. In a new location. Uh oh. Uh oh, Bucko. Uh oh, Bucko. Yeah, man, that's the season finale, man. We're about to get it in. We just want to say thank you. We first thank you for uh, Brother Sean creating a platform for uh, black men and black people in general to be heard, uh, to be able to be in control of our imagery and to be in control of how we are presented to the mass media. We thank you for all the guests. We thank you for those uh, to Rayel and other gentlemen who will be helping with the, the cameras and the videography. We thank you for uh, William Lennon, this time and his voice. We thank you for uh, the uncomfortable brain and all those that help push to make it successful. We pray for your blessings on today. We pray that you bless us with the right things to say. They can touch just one person and somebody will see this footage and will be blessed, will be touched, and hopefully transform and change. Continue to give Sean the strength to keep going even when it's difficult. Uh, when challenges start to flow, let him continue to persevere. We speak into us success. This will be uh, our number one podcast. And we pray that you open up every door that needs to be open. In Jesus' name, we pray on today. Amen. Amen. And you know it's Sunday, so I have to put a little more preaching. Of course, man. Like, listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is the season finale of season one, and we have two phenomenal guests here. Like, these two brothers, uh, I've known Will for a long time, and I've also known Stretch for quite a long time, but we really got close over the past, I'd say, two years now. We got real close. And um, as y'all know, this is season. This is episode seven. We're closing out the first season. I only do seven episode seasons because I, I like I like for each episode to be impactful. I don't care about having many, many episodes, but there will be many. But I care about each season flowing with one another, right? And I, so that's why I do seven episode seasons. But before we go deep into that, ladies and gents, we got to let the guests introduce themselves. So, Mr. McCurdy. Commissioner McCurdy. Well, number one, uh, first and foremost, I just want to thank you, Brother Sean, for everything that you're doing, uh, not only in the community, but also what you're doing within your family, what you're doing personally and educationally. I think that this platform is going to go on uh, for many years thank you. and is going to impact many lives. But uh, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is William McCurdy II. I am Clark County Commissioner for District D, representing everything from Decatur to the west, downtown East Las Vegas, past Nellis to Christie Lane, and all the way north uh, to Ann Road. Uh, but prior to that, I was in the state legislature where I had an opportunity to pass state law, and uh, I've been on the front lines trying to do my part uh, to advance the, the voices and the issues of the people that I was raised around and the community that I've been in my entire life. And just so y'all know, he's another fact that many people don't know, he's also a co-founder of King of Jewels, one of the mentorship programs that myself, Nicholas Matthews, we, us three created six years ago. Six years ago, six years ago now. Uh, and he's wearing some of the brand merch of the oh, Unconquerable. Appreciate him. Because we Uncomfortable. Because we Uncomfortable. Yeah, because we believe, bucko. <laughs> because we believe, bucko. And that's what it's about. So thank you, my brother, my friend, my good brother. And to transition to my, my good brother, my friend. Man, man, I know this brother as Stretch Vance. It's my friend Vance. It's my Vance. Frontline warrior. Frontline warrior, right? Come on. It's my friend right here. Like both of these brothers are my brothers and my friends. But we're we're here to talk about something impactful. But we got to introduce this good brother. Can you please introduce yourself to the people? Absolutely. So as he stated, uh, Mama named me Vance. The people named me Stretch, and God named me Minister Stretch. And so I've been in the community since uh, June 14, 2014. I started with the organization called All Shades United, and from that point, just evolved from not wanting to vote to now pushing voting. To I ran for mayor a few years back, and now I'm a father, I'm a husband, child to wifey and Nini, and uh, just your brother. You know, I, I'm not really big with long introductions because again, I just like to let my work speak for itself. Um, but I'm just somebody that you can find in the community doing great things, trying to help the people. I am extremely proud of you, man, thank because you. man, you're doing an awesome job. I I study you as a friend, as a father, as a black girl dad. Black girl dad. That is different with that's the fatherhood right. piece. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I salute you. And like you said, we have a really close relationship. And in these last two years, it just morphed to something that 
I would have never imagined. Never imagined. You know? Same. So I'm grateful for that. You and your queen. Thank you. You're just your entire family. And this is something that's going to really, it's going to go as far as you continue to let it go. You Thank know, you. so just keep going, brother, because we need it. The issue with our community, we don't talk. Yeah. You know, and we definitely don't listen. Yeah. So I, I'm here today to hopefully do more listening than talking and to learn from Will and to learn from yourself. So I'm glad to be here. No, well, I'm, ha- I'm happy you said that because. My show, I like to have a conversation. I, I, it is semi-structured. Yeah, I have, I have three questions. And that's something that it's funny because when people are like, you don't ask a whole lot of questions. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. But I ask the me questions to fluff out, to funnel down everything you really want to get to in that, in that question, right? Because with what we're talking about, it's an ongoing conversation. It's never going to stop. And it's just not one issue you're going to fix but one solution. And sometimes we're so narrow-minded and we're so tunnel visual. That's how we address our community at times. We think that, oh, if we, so, if we do this, it's going to solve this issue. And it's not. But let's talk about what the Unconquerable is, right? So the Unconquerable, as y'all know, I'm in my doc's program. I finished my first year. Uh, <laughs> I finished my first year. Like that's that's half the battle. Uh, that's half the battle. I finished the first year. I'm thankful and blessed. Um, as I was getting ready to start last year, so this this time last year, I was sitting here like, what am I going to do my dissertation on? And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it on mentorship. But let me think about everyone that's in my life at that time. In that summertime, we were. Rocking around a new era, out every Saturday, doing hood to hood. I was honored to help be a part of that. That was that was so much fun doing that. And I'm seeing Stretch. I see Will. Like to, I remember when Will was like CSM president, <laughs> student body president, and we all have combated so much in our lives, right? So the unconquerable, in my definition, means someone who takes on personal, structural, systematic, and economical barriers to still become successful in their own merit. Right. Like you, you're able to combat all those things and still beat the odds that's statistically against us. Right. And from there, I was like, all right, cool. I got the label. I got the name. But I wanted I wanted to figure out what exactly am I going to write my dissertation on? So that's the title of my dissertation is The Unconquerable um, Hyphenated. What factors of informal and formal mentorship uh, are effective towards degree completion for black men in in Nevada, in the state of Nevada? So as I was getting ready to develop this the season, I was like, all right, well, what what are the factors? So I started reading all the first semester. That's all I did was read. And the common threads that came up were perception of education, uh, economical wealth, systematic barriers, therapy, people who aren't getting therapy. Um, f- five was just... A, a spirituality. That was another one. People like understand what religion and spirituality is then going through their own personal barriers and then you got the community that's just the seven main factors and everything funnels from them you talk about lbgtq plus you talk about oh man there's there's just so much that i that we still haven't hit on that i'm going to address in further seasons gender roles um funding when it comes to higher education and how it funnels through the county and all these other things that we talk about in our community. And so for this episode, it's community and self-accountability. Because there's so much that goes on, we like to address, we try to address things as one big bubble, and that's not how things really work, as you know, um, especially as you know as well. And we, we don't know who to really talk to in these in these, uh, in these facets. And then not only that, we get so overwhelmed about what goes on. Yeah. And so it's sometimes once you know one of the things is we're sometimes ignorant to what's going like certain things that's going on, but we're knowledgeable about other things, right? Then when you're knowledgeable about certain things, how do you hold yourself accountable? How do you hold community leaders accountable? We don't really have the answer for those things. And that's what I wanted to talk about in this episode today. And so the first question I have is what does accountability look like for the black community regarding outside factors? In industries that affect it? That's the first question I have. Commish. <laughs> so, when we speak to accountability, what we're looking for is who to hold responsible for a certain set of issues, whether we're talking about racial equity or we're talking about economic opportunity, mm-hmm. and whether that economic opportunity is presented by a certain industry that is looking to move to the state or that we see who is thriving uh, in our country and someone who's literally or an entity that is looking to do business with us. Uh, And for me personally, uh, I look at accountability 
and try to answer just a few set of questions and then try to solve for accountability with the community. Um, now, we can start with racial equity. Mm -hmm. Now, with racial equity, you have to first start with, okay, who is it impacting? Who does this policy impact? Mm -hmm. How are they being communicated to, and how are we trying to reach them? And what does it look like for them to prosper within this racial equity that we're trying to achieve? Right. And equity and equality is two different things. And this past year, we can give an example of uh, the legal system. Mm -hmm. We saw someone be murdered yep. on national TV, and it impacted the entire world, not just us here in America, but the entire world, because what we saw was so heinous and so deliberate that we were outraged and wanted immediate justice. Right. So when we say justice, then we have to look at the system of justice and how we achieve justice within that system. We have to look at the prosecutors. We have to look at the, the individuals who are gathering discovery within that, that prosecutorial system. We have to look at the judges who are on the bench who are going to be deciding on that system. And ultimately, we have to look at the information that's being shared with the community as it relates to trying to solve for justice. And to me, the accountability piece to that is the readily available information that is transparent, that is being delivered in a transparent manner, looking at how the media plays its role in that, right. and also looking at the, 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 I would call them the actors within that system. Right, right. So then we get to the community piece. Who are the people who are going to communicate the message? Who are the people who are going to lead the community? Who are the people who are going to go out into the community and give them the information from a factual point of view, and then move them to operate within the system to uh, try to achieve more accountability. Mm -hmm. I believe that when people have the information, people know how to advocate for themselves, and people are seeing the system operate in a just manner, you will have true accountability. Mm -hmm. But not all justice systems are alike. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has the same philosophy who are sitting on that bench. Then we have to talk about the jurors. Who are the jurors who are going to be deciding on said, you know, uh, said crime or, 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 or said, um, you know, a case? Right. And ultimately, when you have all the systems that are in place and they're operating in the manner in which they were intended to, you have a true accountable system and you have true justice uh, delivered to the community. And my role in that is... I have to be very knowledgeable of what's happening. Right. I have to be communicating out. I have to be showing up not only in my office and talking to the people who are making the decisions, but also being very open in, in, in my perception to what's really happening on the ground because the information isn't communicated all the way down. Nope. Right. So there are many roles. There are many people who have positions to play, and my role is one who can actually hold people accountable mm -hmm. because, for instance, as a Clark County Commissioner, we oversee the District Attorney's Office. Right. The District Attorney is an independent elected official, but the entire office is under the offices, uh, auspices of the Clark County Commission. So that's my role right. within something like that. But then you have other conversations like you know, economic justice, and when you have different companies and corporations who are moving here, then we have to talk about who are going to be getting those jobs. Right. You know, what plan do they have in place to communicate to the communities that have been historically overlooked in terms of uh, gainful employment? So there are many, I guess, areas that you can attack it in terms of accountability, uh, but those are just two examples of how my office can play a role and how I can personally get involved, but also having a lens and looking through that lens from the, the viewpoint of the community. Mm -hmm. Sid, what do you, what you think, bro? Oh, um, so the way I look at it is black people are broken. And accountability in our community means acknowledging and recognizing, first, who broke us? Okay. Who has been put in a position to play a role in currently breaking us? Once we do that, then we look at, now, how do we cut out those two entities and rebuild See, before a doctor touches you, first thing they do is examine you. It's an x-ray, it's an ultrasound, it's a biopsy. It's holding whatever broke, cut, shot, accountable by first examining it. 
and in our community, we're so reactionary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Before we examine, we just react. Right, right, right. When there's police shootings, we running down to Mayor Goodman's at the city hall to say, defund the police. Not recognizing that the county controls Metro's budget, hmm. a great portion of it. So accountability means we got to slow down a little bit and first examine before we just go. Because while we start wasting three, four hours in the heat at city council, we realize, oh, we should probably be going talking to the commissioners. Hmm. Secondly, accountability looks like breaking the chains of blaming the victim. See, the greatest thing the enemy did was turn us and, and, and manipulate us to believe we are where we are because of us. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to come together. We don't want to unite. We don't want to change the condition because we believe that we are where we are solely because of us. Oh, I'm poor because I chose to not do X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, I'm in this. No, you're not poor just because you're poor. We're not criminal because it's in our nature. We're criminal by circumstance. See, when you take a people for 400 years and you rape, rob, shoot, kill, destroy, take their knowledge of self, their knowledge of God, everything around them is white from Jesus, from Santa Claus, from the Easter Bunny, from two fairies, from uh, the Kardashians, whoever. It's huge. He said the Kardashians. You put whiteness around them. And then you let them know subconsciously they're inferior. And then you lynch them. And then you hang them. And then you buck break them. All these different things were meant to destroy us. And then you throw us into the wolves and say, y'all go and do your thing. And then we looking at each other saying, well, if we, go, we just got to come together. We just, but you're not even identifying why we can't come together, which we can. But first, identify why you even say that statement. Right. So accountability for me, being the president of New Era Las Vegas, is understanding that we're not the ones we should be blaming. Mm. We're not our enemies. White folks and white people, particularly as a mass, are 99.9% responsible for what we are. But guess what? We are now 99.9 responsible for staying here. Mm. They took our culture, but we can choose to go get it back. Mm-hmm. They took our self-love, our knowledge of self, but we have to choose to now go get it back. So accountability means we got to stop begging, black folks, and we got to start building. Mm-hmm. Because those that broke you will never build you back up. And so that's what it has to look like. Not just holding the politicians accountable, but your best friend a pimp. See, we're not just going to check the White House. We're going to check the dope house. And it's not pulling the uh, black-on-black crime card because we can't pull that card. Every race kills their own. But we do have to recognize for us to rise and to be respected as a people, we have to clean up within. And one thing, as I close this point, one thing that the George Floyd thing taught us was, yes, we can wear suits. We can have on hoodies. We can have on jogging pants or whatever. They will always see us to a degree, as niggas. But we notice the difference when they pull us over and the masses of us come out organized and we surround that environment. They move differently. Mm-hmm. Asian people ain't come out with a bunch of margin of protest. What they do? They organize, they pull their resources, and we got a bill before we can blink. Yeah. We've been here catching hell before they even knew what this land was. Mm-hmm. And ain't got nothing. It's not, you don't see... Al Sharpton's in Asian form. You ain't saw a Hispanic minister stretching. You ain't ever going to see it. Because they use their political power, their economic power, and they know how to stop it at the gate. They know who to go to. They know who to call. That's how we got to get. But they don't get like that by blaming the victim. You don't tell the rape victim to go and holler at the rapist and y'all go come together and do kumbaya. That don't even make no sense. But they want us to to lay at the feet of the very person who's been catching us, uh, giving us hell, we've been catching. So as I close, I state that accountability means we got to first, as black people, we got to examine ourselves and be particular. Nah, bro, you shouldn't run for office this time. We're going to let him run because he know how to code switch. He know how to play the game, whatever it is. We got to play chess. But can't none of that be birthed and be formed until we first examine. Because you're putting a Band-Aid on a a gunshot wound. And wonder why it's still bleeding and leaking through the out and the inside. So, again, it, it's internal. We have to organize eternally and then go from there. Gotcha. I think, you know, when it comes to accountability, one of the main things that I've witnessed is that most folks don't like to take it, even in our personal lives. Uh, even when you talk, even if you're going from a political standpoint, when you're coming from being a parent, 
or when someone gets, I'll use the perfect example as divorce. When someone gets divorced, we like to shift the blame. Oh, it was that parent. That's this right. is this is why certain things are happening right. to our kid. No, <laughs> uh, I can tell you, and I'll, I'll use myself as an example to talk about accountability. Me and my ex-wife got divorced. We're the re- we got divorced, and now there's a void for our oldest. She has to understand because now this is a new reality for her. Going back between, because now you created something for that child. And sometimes we don't look at life that way. We don't look at systems that way. Because once you make a, a decision to do something, there's an outcome from that. That's right. Right? So I'm thinking about my oldest, right? So now, as both parents, you have a decision to make. Whether we agree or not, we have to put ourselves to the side and make sure our differences aside and get along for this baby girl. That's right. Because she's watching us. So guess what we're doing? Like, my daughter, we finally found my daughter a therapist, by the way. I don't think I told you. We finally got my daughter a therapist. She loves her therapist. But guess what? She sees us both there when we pick her up because she thinks that we're not there. <laughs> like, we drop her off and she thinks we leave because then she can be completely honest with the therapist. But that's both two systems, completely different. It's important for her. It's coming together, right? And now I understand we can't. Approaches sometimes don't work the best. Certain things, that's just, we're just two co-parents who can work together. Not many co-parents can do that, right? So I bring that to the system. Or we're talking about education. We're talking about police, uh, the police industry. We're talking about economics. economics, politics, all these things. That's kind of the same, that's kind of reality, what we would like to see, the, the butterfly effect of it. Like, we would love to see that. But sometimes that's not what happens. But accountability, sometimes we have to take ourselves out of it. Most times, what we learned in the business realm to not take things personal, and sometimes we do take things personal, because when you network, you build a relationship with people, right. and it gets personal. So That's right. Uh, it's not a question, but that's just my thoughts on accountability. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I approach things now um, from what others are going through. Right. You know, like... We can have our own individualized view, but how can we take us personally out of the conversation, out of the conversation. Yeah. and really look at the entire situation as a whole? Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's you can't yep. you you can't lead a people if you're always leading from your own, own personal, personal beliefs and that's viewpoints. Right. Yep. That is very irresponsible, in that's my right. opinion. Right, right, right. So it, it, it's responsible. Yep. Accountability is responsible. Accountability is recognition. Accountability right. is the understanding of knowing the ultimate goal of what's trying to be accomplished. Right. You can't be short-sighted and be in leadership. We've Amen. seen, we've recognized, we are living through what short-sighted leadership looks like. That's right. We have to operate with the foresight of where we would like to be 20, 40, 50 60, 70 years down the road. Right. That's right. Which is why we must do more in providing accountability for those who are in positions of power to speak their truth to power on behalf of the people. Essentially, those people are the negotiators right. of people from those positions of power because not everyone has the opportunity or the, 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 the wherewithal to contact a, a congressman for a federal issue. Not everyone has the, the, the political wherewithal, the civic engagement or civic education to know that if there's a pothole in the road, I maybe should contact someone at the city council if it's in city jurisdiction or yeah. if there's an issue with the, someone who's in county jail who's being treated wrong. Okay, now I need to talk to the county commissioner. commissioner. Not everyone is even knowledgeable about that. So that's a part of caliber. That's really yeah. demystifying the systems and structures that were created initially to Mm -hmm. oppress, and now that we have people operating within those systems, supporting them and partnering with them to come to the community to really break that up and demystify it and put the power into the hands of the people. Change doesn't come from a government. Mm. Change goes to a government and then is the shared responsibility of all of the, the community and people alike the community people and the politicians alike to operate with one goal, one mission, and that's to really 
liberate the people. Right. Both helping to provide more economic opportunity, mm -hmm. because we will not address the racial disparities without addressing the economic disparities that exist. They, you can't do it. Right. You, like Brother Stretch said, he said, hey, you didn't see other folks marching and doing all that. They, they realized their political wherewithal. They realized they, their, their economic wherewithal. And yep. then they said, you know what? We can put those things together and we can actually impact change mm -hmm. immediately. Immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do to help the community understand so we can essentially provide accountability first within ourselves and then to those who are in charge who can actually make the change. See, I'm glad you've made these, this, this point because, y'all, see, I, I don't know how I ask these questions, and it always leads into the next question. So I want to ask y'all, what does it mean to hold ourselves accountable for being knowledgeable on what's going on in our community? Uh, and I, I asked this question, for example, you brought up a good point about having the knowledge base to be able to be like, okay, this issue, like Stretch even said, okay, why am I going to the city of Las Vegas when Clark County is the one who operates this budget? Okay, I need to go see so-and-so. He was he took the responsibility and accountability to say, all right, let me figure out who I exactly I need to talk to because I'm tired of talking to people who's not going to give me a direct answer. And I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that they, the city of Las Vegas didn't do it. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is because most times we don't say, and even when we're in these positions, we don't know. Who exactly to point you to? So I asked that question, and I'll restate the question. The question is, what does it mean to hold ourselves accountable for people, uh, for, for, sorry, accountable for being knowledgeable on what's going on in our community? So when you don't know who's in your district, when you don't know who assembly congressman, or not, yeah, even your congressman, North Las Vegas, uh, city of North Las Vegas, city of Henderson, when you don't know these things, when you don't know your jurisdiction, you don't know where you're like because sometimes we sit here and we know certain we know an assemblyman who's running over here in this district and they're telling you to vote but you don't live over there. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot. It happens all the time. How do we hold ourselves accountable for those type of knowledge? Not and that's that's an example of political. Even when you talk about higher education, talk about funding, all these things. How do we hold ourselves accountable? Well, I, I think the one of the ways we need to approach it, it goes back to people got to know their role. Mm -hmm. I remember being so angry and frustrated at uh, Councilman Cedric Creer. I'll name drop because I told him this when we met. Um, I felt like he should have been doing this, he should have been doing that. I was comparing him to other elected officials I saw doing certain things. Uh, example, what William was doing. Why, why can't we do this? Why can't he do that? And I had to first ask myself, well, number one, have I ever looked at his job description? <laughs> Because oftentimes we mad politicians or they didn't come to the woo -de woo I mean, is that what they're supposed to be doing? Right. right? You have to be real clear on what is their role. Right. Because, again, if we try to destroy a system, those who are working within that system, we have to first know what the role is. Right. right. To really identify, I need to know, are you working behind the scenes? Because I don't want to go against your grain. I don't want to be saying, Ted is there and you... You was already going to do that, but you was trying to get this going. I don't know that. Right. We haven't even talked, even see what your role is, what your vision is, most importantly. So once I approached it like that, I was able to give him some grace to say, okay, you know what? Maybe he is moving within the space he's supposed to be moving within. Moving right. within. I get it being a minister. You know, some ministers argue, well, my, my role is the salvation. Well, I argue, well, no. I know the role of a minister, so I'm telling you, you're out of bounds. Yeah. I can't say I know the role of a politician, to be able to call a spade a spade clear. Right. So I had to take a step back and really do some education and then also study where you are. I had to do the history. I mean, I went back. I really had to really just do a complete moonwalk and really understand the role, the history of the role of the black politicians in Las Vegas. Right. We got to understand. Las Vegas is one of the few cities I know that's still doing first blacks. Yeah, that's true. This is a fairly new city. When you, when you can still go meet the first black Woman principal, something wrong with that. Yeah, it's cool that we can meet Mother Tolan, right? But in Chicago, the first black principal been there since the eighties, because that first black principal got elected in fifty or forty something. Right, this is a fairly new town. It's the most modern city in America. It's yep. one of the most modern cities in America. So the leadership, we can still meet the leadership that. That signed the Moulin Rouge agreement. We can yeah, still meet. Still can. Some of the dancers are still out here too. You know, the, so the absolutely. So you got 
that first tier leadership with Mary Wesley, Ruby Duncan, Bob Bailey, there a lot of them are still living. Right, Bob Bailey. And then you got that same shout out, and then you got that same. <laughs> I saw the plug, and then, and then you got that second leadership with the Frank Hawkins and the Sweet Lou's and the Lost Weekly Brothers, the Cedrics that's in their fifties. And you got this third and fourth wave of leadership, which is us. Yeah. So we only two generations up from leadership. Mm-hmm. So you mad at somebody that really they didn't have a game plan. They was kind of just thrown into this. So. Not to say that we can't hold them accountable, right, right. but at least understand the full picture. You trying to fit four people in a two-seat car. Yeah. It's not designed like that. Yeah. So understand the role. And then when I was able to do that, I recognized that accountability is not a monolith because everybody's role is different. Yeah. The way you're going to hold preachers accountable, it's not going to look how you're going to hold politicians accountable. Yeah. The way you hold politicians accountable, it's not going to look how you hold just regular community grassroots leaders or coaches. So the way that we inspire is we let everybody know, listen, you don't have the luxury to sit on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. We all play a role. It's like a body. The heart ain't going to do what the lungs are going to do. So I can't expect William to call out certain things. He's not in that position. Mm-hmm. Right? we got to play with each other. It's almost like you got to have your ace in the hole. You know from, let's just take it to the streets, and I'm shut up, I'm a preacher, you don't, don't have me talk. <laughs> Taking it to the street, it's certain cousins, you call for certain things. Yeah. I'm not the cousin you call when Lisa get beat up. I got something to lose. <laughs> now, if I'm in the crib and Terrell come in tripping, we're going to get on that because I'm present. Ain't yeah. no black woman going to get whooped in my presence. Yeah. But when you call, like, hey, we finna go whoop the whoop, you don't call the minister. You call my twin. It's just certain people you call for certain things and you maneuver. That's just common sense. Right, right. So you mad that he didn't show up. If he show up, the whole operation may unravel. You know what I'm saying? So it's just about being clear in who wrote. So in terms, and I'm so glad you you named this, this accountability, it it have to be mindful that accountability has to show up based on the position that we're in. Right. Now, again, I'm not making an excuse for folks that say, I'm playing the game. You, you, brother, how long you going to, the purpose of playing something is to win. How long you going to be playing the game? You've been playing the game too long at this point. I don't think you were sold on now. So (laughs) those folks, we're going to have to hold them accountable and just be raw towards them. But many people, you know, that's new in this role. I had a brother, I had to defend William. Like, I'm sure he had to defend me. Uh, he ain't doing nothing. I said, the brother just got elected. <laughs> what? I mean, give him time to put a suit on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You even gave him time to blink. What do you, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, have you reached out to him? No. Have you asked what his vision was? No. Mm-hmm. Have you? So, brother, what you mad at? Well, I'm mad that he didn't do this and that. But that's a city issue. That don't got nothing to do with the county. Yep. And we, we experienced that last year in 2020 when we were we were down here. We was doing hood to hood, and we looked at we was like, "Yo, who's we, we that we asked the question like, who's jurisdiction is this to why the the landscape looked the way it did? Like it was pretty bad. Like it was like it was it was pretty bad. I thought we was in the south. Yeah. So like, luckily we found out who it was that next week. I got took care of. Facts. But it was that it was that question we asked opposed to just being like, oh. Let me post on Facebook and call it a day. That's it. You well, know? I mean, and, and the reality is, not knowing is not enough. Yes. And, like, you saying I don't know or me saying I don't know, is that's not an acceptable that's, it's answer. not acceptable. Not. Especially now. Like, you get no grace for saying, oh, I didn't know. When we are in the age of technology the way that we are, there is no reason. I mean, you're talking about somebody that's, Literally come from come out the mud. Yeah, you know from 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 Vegas Heights to Heights to, to 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 all across the world. Mm-hmm. It's not right. because slight flex. No, it, I mean, it, <laughs> but it, it it really speaks to the perseverance, but also That's what right. we're trying to transcend That's in right. terms mm-hmm. of leadership in our community. That's right. Exactly. You know, like not saying that you know I am more than anybody else. All I'm saying is that. I had to take personal ownership and agency over the direction I was going on in my life. Yeah. I can't help nobody until they tell you first, put the put you and your daughter on a plane, God forbid something happened on that plane, you put the oxygen on yourself first, first and, and then because you cannot do anything for anyone else until you take care of self. Yep. Mind, body, and soul. Now, Carter G. Woodson oh. wrote a book called The Miseducation of the book. Negro. Mm. Yep. Talk about it. Now, when we start talking about, you know, why certain community members don't know, you know, X from Y, you know, A from C, and everything in between, Mm -hmm. they have not been taught. Yeah. I mean, when we, when we, we went from being enslaved 
to not being enslaved, June 19, 1865, and there was no social services to catch the people. There were there was no you know no 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 financial literacy. There was no uh, there was no welfare. You had a Reconstruction era. Come on, you went through a process where an entire generation didn't know how to read. You had a few, very few. How can you how, how can you advocate for self if you don't even know the language that's written on a piece of paper that is saying that you're free? Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> Translate that to today. Right. How many gen- generations are we free? How many generations are we free? 131 years. So maybe three generations so three free. three generations free. For some. Some others too. So we have to think about where we've come from, where we are, and how we can operate within our roles to impact change. It starts with knowing your role, knowing your responsibility, having accountability for oneself, their own individual agency, and then operating in a way that is a global plan to advance the people to help them be Mm self-sufficient. Can't do nothing for you. You're going to do it for yourself, but I'm going to present you the information. Right. There's a term for that, but I'm not going to say what that term is, but it's a, it's a certain syndrome that we've been conditioned to have mm-hmm. as it relates to our personal finances, as it relates to our housing, and that has crippled our community in a way that it's going to take a whole other generation to climb out of. Takes right. me, I say it. <laughs> but here's the reality. Here's the reality. Where's the reality? We can change it. That's right. We are more educated. That's true. We are more bold. Mm -hmm. We have more knowledge on how to advance an agenda, and that means that one day, Mm -hmm. not too far out, your daughters, my sons, my unborn grandsons and daughters will live in a much more prosperous, much more tolerant, much more equitable society, not because... Our ancestors didn't have, you know, just they didn't want to, is that we are evolving. Mm -hmm. We are evolving. We are becoming more knowledgeable, more educated, and we are learning to advocate for self, and we are learning to stand and withstand adversity because it is coming. It is. It's not about, you know, taking a, it's not about getting punched, it's taking a blow and then bringing something back. We are moving in a much more positive direction. There are shock waves. Vibrating through our country. Mm. And the people are saying, enough is enough. The people are saying, I will not allow myself not to be educated on the issue that impacts my children like education. I will not allow myself to stand silent when certain taxes are being raised. I will not allow myself to take a justice system that does not stand up and deliver true justice when we all see that something is wrong. That's right. And... I mean, and, for, and for, I, I'm not no pastor, but I, no, you know, y'all, like first of all, y'all preach, y'all preaching today. <laughs> first and foremost, uh, y'all preaching today because I'm just sitting here like what we're speaking to. I can say it to you in two words: what folks are now experiencing that they don't see because it's something that just because shackles aren't on your wrist doesn't mean it's not happening. That's right. Right. It's mental slavery. Mm-hmm. And when I mean mental slavery, I mean it's now it's it's now subconsciously continuously making you're 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 your own thoughts to where you're you don't see it or i can't get myself out of it or i just don't know so you become comfortable with that thought and then you continue to repeat it a, a ruminating thought sorry now i got it i got it out of my okay. a ruminating thought okay we have to, and, and when it gets to a point where we have to really believe, though, that's what, this is where the unconquerable itself came from. Because I, I can tell you, there's so many folks like, there's so many folks in our community who are there, who, who want the help, who want to get out, who want to figure it out. They just, there's, people are so overwhelmed. I'm like, I get it. It's a lot, it's a lot to take in. And then once you're, once you know something, you're responsible for it. And a lot of people sit on it. Because that's the easy way out. Also, we have to think about uh, consistency. Consistency, too. You know, like, you know, can I wake up every morning at 5, 5, 30 a.m., go to the gym after my gym? Can I come back home, shower, get my son ready, take my son to school, come back home, read or go to work, get get my day going, and then get off and do almost the same exact thing all over again? Uh, We don't, we haven't been taught uh, discipline. Mm. And we haven't been taught Consistency and 
the main difference between those who are successful or those who are in a much better position and those who are not is really consistency and really, you know, having a, having a routine. Mm. We got to have a routine with our lives. But, I say but, it also... You also have to be exposed to a certain thing. You too. do. Opportunity and access. And we talked about that. You have to be exposed, you know, for all that. Yeah, I can, Will gave me a lot. And I, like, I was inspired through him speaking. I think one of the things that he mentioned about when you're on a plane. Yeah. Because anybody that knows Minister Stretch and know New Air Las Vegas, we are 100% unapologetically black. I don't care if you're offended. I got a whole inbox of hate mail, uh, death threats from white folks and my own people, but uh, mainly white folks. Um, and ask me, do I care? I don't, because your white guilt and white feelings are not going to make me blink. Because at the end of the day, you don't give that energy to other groups. No, I haven't heard one white person speak up as a mass to try to resist or rebuttal the Stop Asian White Hate Bill. It was so many white tears, and they felt so bad. And I'm not knocking them. Get, get what y'all feel y'all deserve. Who am I to stop that? I want to see what they got for us. But the moment all we said was Black Lives Matter. We ain't come with no bill. We ain't pull up to the white. We just said Black Lives Matter. And white folks came by the thousands thinking that we were going to organize. Because this is what they fear. They fear that if we ever come to power, we're going to do to them what they done to us, and that's not the heart of black people. Our plight is just leave us the hell alone. And so, and to, and to the point of the face mask, what we tend to do, we on the plane, plane getting ready to crash, and opposed to saving our own, we give white people oxygen. They got two masks, they got a life mask, they got anklets with, we don't got nothing but a mask. No shirt, no clothes, naked out and out of doors, and got the audacity to try to give them oxygen. So what I would never feel Part of the accountability piece is as we hold ourselves accountable, don't feel guilty for doing for self. Mm-hmm. Because when you love yourself, you can do for self. But you got to first know thyself. Once I came into the knowledge of me, I fell in love with us. All I think about is doing for us. Let me so all I do is think of you. Damn. Did we just become a boy band? So that's how I feel. All I do is think about black people. Man. And again, I have no ill will towards other races. I'm able to sit among other groups and sit with other leaders from other races because I'm so in love with us. But I'm never going to take food from our mouths to give y'all food, especially when I know you don't need it. You're not going to go into La Bonitas and Marianas and see us up and down. This how far gone the mentality we've been wired. Have any of us ever even applied to a Hispanic store? No. I can ask for all of us. And you know why? Because psychologically, we know better. We know better. When you in high school, you go to Carl Jr.'s, you go to the mall, you're not going to go to Su Wan King up in Chinatown. You know better. But I went to some soul food spots all over the country. I got to ask myself, is this black owned? It's more white folks working up in there than I ever saw in my life. And the owner come out, blue, black, dark skin, afro. To me, that's the face mask thing. It's hella, can I say hella as a minister? It's hella felons that need jobs. But Joe tail got the nerve to imply white folks. To employ white people. And it's not a prejudice message. It's not a racist message. Because we can't be racist to black people. It's a real message. If we going to hold ourselves accountable, that means we got to be all we think about. All I do is help y'all. If I go to 7-Eleven, which I do all the time, it's always a white black a white dude next to a black dude on the street. Man, you got some change. I get my black dude $5. I get the other dude a dollar. May God be with you. Because guess what? When he get cleaned up, that privilege is click. It's, it's, it's on. I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm going to help you because that's what that says the Lord. Mm-hmm. But you're going to be okay. Because the black dude is asking for change. He's a threat. He was already a target being a black man. And you put some dirty clothes on him and put him on the street. He good as gone. Mm-hmm. That white man can shave, clean up, spritz and spray. And he back in privilege. He back on the top of the totem pole. So I'm not going to feel guilty by saying I'm going to be all we do. All we think about is help our own. That's the major part of why we haven't grown. Yeah, we holding us accountable. We blaming. But then when it's time to come together, we don't want to pull together our resources. There's always a black person that got to say, well, 
not all black people. Oh, you don't hear other races talk like that. Mm-hmm. We all got to come together. Did you see any other other? Uh, they didn't call us when they was like, "Hey, we want y'all to come help with the bill." No, they organized among their own. They flew in leaders from other Asian countries. Like, oh, we got our cousins got issues in the states. We finna pull up. We don't even want to be next to Africans. African booty scratcher. So all this is a part of this self hatred. So in terms as I close, awaken us up to hold each other accountable. We got to stop being ashamed. Of being black, because a lot of us only black when it's beneficial, right? We right. black when George Floyd, that same black cousin I had that was so down, he don't even want to, I ain't even, you know, don't even want to go there. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we black when it's beneficial. We protesting or we activists when it's profitable. But where are you at when we need you to show up to these city council meetings, these county commissioner meetings, with new eras, giving our resources, when Sean them is mentoring? Where are you at? And in terms of what William said, uh, we don't. We know too much to not be involved. I agree, but I do believe, like Chairman Frank Hampton said, people learn best by observation and participation. We got to lead by example. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of bad examples. Right. I see. I don't. I, I, I use the word leader very loose, like how I use the word friend. Everybody ain't a leader. Right. That's true. You have leadership, meaning you a manager of a bank. You in leadership. That'll make you a leader. Yeah. Okay, leaders have followers, leaders have influence, mm-hmm. and among Las Vegas leadership, we give anybody who's popular, who has the Greek jacket on, who is in some type of boule or bourgeoisie circle, who's a preacher of a prominent church, that's my leader. What is he, what is he led? Because right. you have influence, and you have popularity. I'm not popular among a lot of people. But not to brag, I'm one of the most influential, if not the most influential young black leader in this entire state. Facts. Talk that talk. I had 6,000 people. I had 6,000 people at my disposal. We could have towed this west side up. Not one person fought. Not one person got shot. Every politician in this state was on stage. Giving they best, I have a dream speech. Shout out to bros for supporting me. <laughs> Giving I have a dream speeches. I got the footage. You think Metro thanked me for not tearing that neighborhood up? No. They went and said, well, we thought he was going to do it. They walked away like still kind of like, we still ain't rocking with him. Gotcha. But we could have told this whole West Side up. Influence over popularity. We need leaders that's going to be influential to be effective to bring forth change. That's what we got to be on. And that that actually leads to my last question, and I'm gonna ask y'all to go ahead and because y'all been preaching, preaching today. When like, you got me, when you got me started, right. y'all got started. I'm down. <laughs> y'all got it. Like, it's, it's what happens when you put. This is the true definition of leaders, you know. Because uh, don't let the ties and the suits and all that fool. Because don't, don't let that hat fool you. Because uh, a lot of us, these clothes don't define who we are. I That's mean, right. this is uh, this is a lot of things you you're born with. I, right. I believe. Like the, these traits that we came with, it just takes certain switches to ignite them or to turn them on, I should say. So the last question I would ask for one point uh, from each of you is once we are knowledgeable of everything we pretty much talked about, how do we hold ourselves and those in position of power to actively create change? Um, I would I would start off and just say, you got to do something. Do something bigger than being an internet warrior. Do something bigger than being an internet leader. See, a lot of, and let's just talk to black men right now. A lot of black men, we, we think it's a prize. Like, you know, people be gloating like, I'm at a black business. You don't ever see Hispanics do that. Because guess what? It's normal yeah. to support your mom. So I'm, I, I try not to be one of them dudes that's like, man, shout we at a booty I just show up. Yeah. Because I want you to know that this is normal for me to support black-owned black business. business. I don't even have to say black-owned because you know 80% of my money going to y'all. Mm-hmm. It's an 80-20. And the 20% go people that, that I, we don't own and control that, that field. But in regards to it being normal, it has to be normal for us. I forgot what I was What was I saying? Go back, go back, go back. Uh, like, um, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Accountable. Accountable. Accountable to ourselves and those to create, oh, those in position to actively create change. Absolutely. So, again... We have to be willing to, it goes back to what we said earlier, look out for self, do for self, love our own, and it just came to me, thank you, Holy Ghost, get off of, get off the internet, and in terms to the men, what I was saying, it's a lot of men that's content 
compared to the black owned businesses, if I could just if, if I give my kids a little bit of my time because the myth in the in the narrative is black men don't raise children. So you got black men doing this if they get their kids on the weekend. Black men telling me, what you doing for um babysitting? Your own children? That you that your fluid is was it was a part to bring them to life? That's not babysitting, but beloved, that's called being a parent. So we we have to stop being so uh, excited because some of us do go against the grain. I don't get a pound of back because I'm not in prison. I'm, I'm I'm supposed not to be in prison, right? But they've made us normalize these things like we want to get cookies. And so part of bringing change is understand we got to let black men know it's not enough for you to just raise your kids bare minimum, yeah. raise your kids, work. And give your girl or your queen a little bit of time, and you think you did something. Because guess what? You have daughters, you have sons, I have a daughter. Our children are still, in some way, whether you like it or not, will be a part of the mass society. Mm-hmm. So, as I have a, a child that's two months, somebody else has a son that's going to be that's two months. That unfortunately is being socially engineered right now to be a killer, to be cold-hearted, mm-hmm. to disrespect women, to pimp out our sisters. When he stepped to my to my child, it's gonna be a game changer, right? Mm-hmm. But the bigger mentality is like, no, I want to get to that child's parent before he morphs to meet my child. A lot of us are we put, spend so much time in quoting Frederick Douglass. It's easy to build uh, strong children, repair broken men, but that so-called strong child got an uncle that's touching on her. So you don't want to talk about that. Yeah, talk about so that. that's why we can't, it's not enough to just say, oh, me and mine is straight. Because yep. you know how many of us had kids going to Howard, how many athletes came home back to Chicago for the weekend and got gunned down? Brother was on the draft, mm-hmm. name in the hat and get drafted and got gunned down. Because nobody, no man, no woman was willing to say, let me go out there and talk to these young brothers and give them something to do. But because you got your, don't, and don't let us get good jobs. Because you got your good job at UPS, or you work for the post office of the city, you're content with that. And that is the issue on why we are, where we are today. So to change that, every person has to realize we accountable for each other. Mm-hmm. I pulled my car over seeing a black dude, and sometimes a non-black dude, harassing a black sister. And in my heart, I'm like, Lord, I am Because you know sometimes it goes left. You get out there, it's been stories, people got killed trying to play hero. Mm-hmm. Like I told my wife, I'm okay with that. Because to me, like Dr. King said, it's not what's going to happen to uh, you, what's going to happen to them. So I've been like, sis, you good? I'm going to put a call. Well, she's like, no, nah, it's okay. You know, he's just playing. All right. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't have me got this car. I take this fedora off. But that's what it takes. When I see these babies and I see vans slow down, I pull up behind the van. Hey, y'all speed on up. Y'all run a little bit. Y'all walk kind of slow. Because them is still my babies, whether they came from me or not. Right. So accountability means every black person that look like me, I'm accountable for you. Whether you in prison, whether you a pimp, whether you lesbian, whether you trans, whether you straight, it don't matter. We all we got. Yeah. We don't have the luxury to say, I'm not going to unite with you because you subscribe to a different sexual preference or because you Muslim or because you... We don't have that luxury. Right, right. Other races do. We don't. So we have to be all we got, meaning we got to stop thinking we got to just do the bare minimum. It, it pains me to see a hundred dudes hooping at Lorenzi, but me and him can't get half of them to come out to a meeting to me, or to put yeah. no work in. But you think because you go to the gym, you got a nice body, got a girl, got a family, work all you is is a fly, muscular, nice father coon. Mm-hmm. You don't benefit to us. That, that's a throwaway. Mm-hmm. So before we throw them away, we need to first come to them Shame. and educate them because a lot of them don't know, right? Reading and comprehending is two different things. Yep, yep. You can read, I have dyslexia, so I can't just read a page once. I have to read most pages. I read twice right. to really understand what I'm reading. Gotcha. So that's how we have to do. So we got to be patient, give our people grace, and for those that don't want to make it, everybody ain't going to make it. Right. Push them to the side and keep it moving. Thank you, good brother. Um, my work is a culmination of time, persistence, vulnerability, and really the determination to create an impact while I have life. I feel that my cause is deeper than what I can even describe in this moment. Mm -hmm. When I was graduating from CSN in 2015, with honors after dropping out at 16 to get my high school diploma at 24, you know, meaning that it's never too late. Mm -hmm. But 
the only thing I had on my mind in that moment, although I felt like I was way too young, I mean, way too old to be graduating with an only associate's degree and all that, I don't think I was about 26 years old. I'm like, how, how do I want to leave my footprints on earth? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I want to be left behind once I'm no longer here? Our children are only a deposit on the future. That's why we want to raise them to be the best boy or girl they can be. Because they are a deposit on the future. That's why we so hard on them. That's why we want them to be the best, to, 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 to try their hardest. Because we understand the significance of raising someone to pick up the mantle and go forward. I was raised to say, Mama, Mama said, William, God gave you life. What you do with this life is your gift back to God. Make impact. Make impact. In regards to accountability, how can the community do more? Show up. Take back your agency of who you are. Don't wait for someone to do it for you. Do not depend on that unemployment check. Do not depend on that public housing. Take your ownership back. We start there, we would then get to a society that can do for itself. We would then get to a society that is not asking Brother Stretch for $5, not asking Brother you know, McCurdy for a dollar, that is able to get up and go to work and provide for self. A man or woman that don't work, don't eat. Amen. If I don't work, my kids don't eat. That's true. There is no sympathy for me. There is none. And we got to stop making excuses for our people. That's true. Give them their agency back. So I would say in closing, accountability, show up. Accountability, have your voice be heard. Don't let somebody speak for you. Amen. Because we've had enough time of people speaking up for us. I refuse to have somebody speak for me. <laughs> let me get in the space. I appreciate Brother Stretch speaking up for me. But if they got something to say to me... Come on over here. Come on over here. Hey, I ain't, hey, I ain't never ran from we, nothing. We from hey. Heights in the View. Hey, 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 from where I come from. Hey, let me run to this. Let me come get this. Let me come get this. Let me come get this, let me, come get this one let me, time. Let me come get this one time. Hey, but in the most respectful I mean that, but I mean that in the most respectful way because everybody has a part to play. If it's not something that I'm doing that you want me to do, Come get with me. I ain't got all the ideas. Right. I am just the person. I am just the vessel that's willing to go forward to give your voice. That's right. Amen. Lend that's your right. voice to the hallways and to the to the offices of power, to, right. to, to the diocese, whether it be at the state level, at the county level, at the city level, at the federal level. I just want to carry forth the message. Come on. Amen. With that, without ceasing. Mm -hmm. mm. Because we must work while it is day. Our children, our grandchildren, our unborn nieces and nephews are depending on us to stand up firm, stand up tall, and speak our truth to power from our individual positions of power. Take back our agency and move forward with the intent to lift up an entire people. And when I say lift up the entire people, I'm talking about everybody. Because guess what? You can't fake hunger. Hunger feels the same whether you're black, white, Mexican, Indonesian. It does not matter. But as a black man, I have to work on behalf of black people because I know where we come from. My family got here in June of 1939, 40. Mm. I know why I'm here. But the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life is me becoming aware, like Brother Stretch said, of who I am. You can't live somebody. If, you get, if, 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 if something happened to you right now, I dropped dead right here. They ain't putting two people in a casket. It's putting William McCurdy II in a casket. So I must do everything I can do that is within my power that God has blessed me to have to operate on behalf of the best interests of the people always. And as long as we do that, we, I, I assure you, we will leave footprints for our, for our sons and daughters to follow. And these footprints are images pressed firmly in the ground that provides evidence to the direction that we have gone, whether it was good or bad, but we're leaving them behind and somebody's following can we, can we please give a round of applause for these gentlemen that came in here today? Like, thank you all. Man, that's a way to drop the mic. We're going to drop this water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way you drop hey, I'm going to sip mine. I'm, I'm, I'm a little parched. <laughs> you little parched. <laughs> I finished mine. But, man, gentlemen, my brothers, kings, thank you both for being on this final episode for season one. Um, 
I I have a strong feeling that this episode is going to touch a lot of people because uh, believe it or not, I this, this what's crazy is I know the impact each of us make. Really, you two. But you know, I think not many of us get together in this view like that. Like, cause this show was created for us who do have these because we have these conversations all the time off camera. And just to be, I wanted to bring something to where we have our, this is our being ourselves mm -hmm. and having a conversation about it because we talk about this all the time. This is nothing new for, for us. You know what I'm saying? We talk about this stuff. And if there's anything that I would love for my last closing for y'all, go back and watch some of the episodes when it comes to, because a lot of y'all talk about finances. Economical wealth is episode two. A lot of y'all say, "Oh, let's not go to college." Well, trades. Well, this that's on episode one. Then you talk about therapy. Gave you a whole list of therapy mm -hmm. on episode four. Then you talk about well the, the, the systematic barriers. We talked about that. Every every main issue episode we six. talk about, it's there. And I brought people who are more knowledgeable than me to talk about this stuff. That's why I got to me. I didn't get everybody. I feel is the strongest community leaders. But I got these two for a purpose because it's bigger than us in this room. That's right. This, it's about everyone that watches because at the end of the day, we're going to be gone. That's right. But this is going to live on YouTube, uh, all Apple Podcasts, whatever those streams forever. So if they ever want to retract and understand what it really takes to be in this community, mm -hmm. come back to this episode and this space and time and understand mm -hmm. that the conversation doesn't stop with us. No. It keeps going. Because now, once we go... Somebody else got to pick up and do it better than what we did. It's infinite. It's infinite. That's right. And with that being said, thank you, Kings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My man, Sino, finally getting the camera. Because uh, he don't ever. This is my guy, Sino, the director, my brother. Come on, man. Y'all never see him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Y'all was cold. I'm, I'm rocking with y'all. Rocking with you, bro. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate y'all coming out. Love, uh, brother. Appreciate you bringing me appreciate on the show. Yes, sir. me on here. Thank and, you, bro. Uh, hey, man. Malik doing his thing, too. Hey, all right. Turn back there, Malik, man. And we're. We Stay got some tuned. Stuff behind the scenes coming up next. So we do. That's episode. That's episode seven. That's the end of season one, and we out. Thank y'all, man. Thank you guys. You help me out today. Oh man, you the best. See, this is why you hire the best in the business, right? Because they gonna get the job done.